Hello and happy Wednesday. Oh my gosh, it's Wednesday, you guys. It is Wednesday. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I thought yesterday was Monday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> oh my gosh, how did we get to the end of June this fast? It's just wild to me. I, I feel like, you know, it was just yesterday that Rebecca was here and she'll be here in a week. So um, we are so excited about that. Let me get that out of the way. We are really excited about the the Ruins Conference and it is the 7th through the 9th of July. And um, there there is there is no charge. However, there is a lofty cost. And we do ask that you go and register if you're planning on joining us for that. I think Vince will definitely throw that up in the comments so that you have a link to click on if you want to be a part of that. We really, it's going to be, I am, I'm really excited about this because I think that it is going to be a fresh encounter for, for everyone. I, I am really, I'm believing that God is wanting to meet with us in a unique measure. And, um, and, and I don't even know what that's going to be like. I've just, I'm expected. Uh, I'll leave it at that. So this morning we are talking about position. Where are you positioned? Where are your feet at currently? Do you know where your feet are at currently? It's a big question, but we really need to know the answer to it. If we're not mindful of where we're at, we will fall for anything. So we need to know, like, just it's, it's as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, reveal to me, where am I positioned? And before we get any further into this conversation, I'm going to pass it over to Pepper to lay out what it is that God has revealed to her. Did you like that? <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I'm in football lingo this morning, so that was good. <laughs> That's a good segue because the Lord has been talking to me about football, something I have little interest or little understanding of. And these guys made it clear to me because we have a global audience. I need to be sure that they understand it's football Americana. <laughs> Not soccer, football, <laughs> football Americana. Yes. And so the Lord had me in thinking about this position. He had me thinking, he showed me a football player and you know how they're on, they're on the line or wherever they are and they have on all the gear and they're stooped over and they're in posture and they're in position, you know? And so I just started taking notes on what, what the Lord was showing me, but because we do need to consider how we are positioned right now. And that positioning, it's not just a physical positioning. It's not just a, a place of being a, a doer of the word. I mean, being a hearer of the word. It, it's being a doer. It's a heart posture. So um, when you think of this football player, envision this with me. He's in the game because of the sheer love of the game. He loves it. <laughs> That's why he's there. So he wants to be doing what he's doing. You know, he, he's not doing it under compulsion. He's not doing it because of other people. He's doing it for the sheer love of the game. He has no other goal in mind but victory, winning. That's it. <laughs> if you ask him what his goal is, 
It's to win. That's it. <laughs> um, he knows the game because he spent all season training. <laughs> He's been getting ready for this for a long time. A long time. He's been in training for this. He's in position. He knows what to expect. And he's ready to take some hits. <laughs> he goes in it for that purpose, to take some hits. He's waiting on them. He knows the techniques of the game so well by now, he can play part of it with a blindfold on. But have you, have you ever said that expression, oh, I know this game. <laughs> so he knows what to expect. So we, we should know what to expect in our new season, when God positions us somewhere in anything, there should be some, you should not go in it totally ignorant. There should be some expectation because you've been in training. So, you know, when, when the enemy pulls a trick you've seen before, it's like, oh, I recognize this. I know this game. <laughs> um, yes, he knows the techniques of the game. He's skilled and well-seasoned. And he knows what to expect. And part of that knowing what to expect is expecting the unexpected. Mm. Because this is a new game, a new season, a new testing of his abilities and what he is made of. So while he knows the game and part of it, he can play with a blindfold on. He's not so blindfolded that he goes in thinking, I can do this by rote. I can do the same thing this season in the game that I did last season. He's positioned, but he's also positioned for the unexpected. The basic principles, the coach instilled in him remain. But this game, this new season, he gets to put those principles to use, the same principles in new ways. There's a rush of adrenaline, and he's excited for the game laying it all on the line for the win, the corporate victory. So if I had to sum up this in some of my desires, my heart's desire is to be positioned in the center of his will, whatever that looks like, you know, not just for me. This, is, this really should be all of our heart's desires. But for the sheer love of the game, despite its dangers, and for the corporate win, of our teammates. Yeah, that's so good. And, and you know, a, a coach's nightmare is is when uh, your team goes into a, a game thinking that they have the other team figured out based on previous knowledge, history's knowledge of the team. And, and they've either they've either won or lost the game in their minds already. And that is a nightmare because you know exactly what's on their mind before the game even starts. You can see it on their faces. They've either won the game, which means they're not going to put out any extra effort, <laughs> <laughs> or they've lost the game and they're apathetic about it. And, and so it's, it's so important that we, we view everything from a fresh perspective and that we stay in training, right? Yeah. And Sir Vince has uh, plenty to say about that. Take it where you will. <laughs> uh, the, the, the whole idea that you're talking about Pepper with position, uh, I just feel like it's, um, and the whole topic this morning about position, it's just, it's incredible um, to, to think about what it is we can say, 
what it is we can know and, and have it just be completely different from what we actually do and what we actually believe, which is, which is where, uh, God had me with, with this topic is, uh, knowing, uh, positioning where you are co-seated with Christ and, and actually believing that are two different things. Uh, um, so, so in this regard, I, I'm seeing it as a belief problem. We can, we can be no, we're co-seated with Christ. We can, we can declare that we can declare and intellectually know that we are starting from a place of victory with everything, but then we don't actually live that out. Our actions don't back up those, those words or, or that, that knowledge. Uh, we, we, we do things from a, a lesser than place. And, and so it, it, we don't actually believe that. And, and so being positioned and being passionate have to go hand in hand. You're, you're talking about being positioned. I see that as, as, as the love of the game. That's, that's passion right there yeah. that you are carrying into what it is that you're doing. So there's, there's a, a, a belief and a faith that we carry into the actions we take uh, as citizens of the kingdom, as those co-seated with Christ, uh, um, we start from a place of victory. If we are, if we actually believe that the way we go out and do things is going to be much different. Uh, we are going to, to like you're talking about pepper, be ready. We're going to have that ready stance when it comes time to, to train, we are going to be, uh, uh, there and ready on time, uh, uh carrying what it is we're, 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 we're given to carry. Uh, giftings, uh, assignments, roles, responsibilities—all of those things. We're not—we're not trying to shirk anything off of us. We we know this is this is who I am, and, and I believe it. I I and my actions are going to absolutely back that up. And so that that's that's where uh, God had me carrying uh, or, or going with this is carrying a path for carrying an actual belief and uh, you can you can look at the story in mark 9 and jesus uh, is brought a, a boy who has been demonized his entire life and uh, the father brought him to jesus's disciples they couldn't cast out the demon and he talks to them about being an unbelieving generation and and the father says if you can would you please do this and jesus is like if what do you mean if of course <laughs> And he says, if you would only have faith, this could happen. And the father cries out, I believe I have faith for this. And Jesus rebuked that demon and out it went. And when you look at that story in Matthew, it talks, uh, he, he follows that up when the disciples come to him afterwards and say, what, why couldn't we do this? And, and he tells them, you know, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell that mountain to be cast into the sea and it would go. Amen. And so knowing, declaring, have to be backed up with that faith, that belief, the actual passion that you're carrying as you, as you sit co-seated in victory with Christ. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I want to go back to, to Pepper being positioned on, on that line. And if we're all just, you know, 
putting on the uniform. We've got the helmet, the pads, the, the whole thing. And typically it's hot during the beginning of football. So it's either hot or it's snowing, right? And, 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 and you're having to hold position. You have to hold the line. And that's where I feel like God has us right now is in this ready position. And he's asking us, hold the line of conviction, right? It's, it's what he has been saying to us since last fall. Hmm. And, um, and so we're, we're, we're readied and, and we're, we're on that line and all these things are running through our minds. Right. And we talked last week about, um, how like, there are so many open tabs in conversation <laughs> with the Lord right now that it feels a little scrambled. And, and, but I do feel like we are holding the line that he's asked us to hold. And so we're in that, that ready position and we're just, we're waiting for the ball to be hiked. Now for me personally in this position, God is, is like attempting to draw my attention away from there, what I was explaining to, to Pepper and Vince before we got on here is I live very compartmentalized and, and I have the fear of the Lord over here in, in a box and I, it's open right now. And I, I'm, I'm learning the ways of the fear of the Lord. And, and really it's, it's, it's an introduction to, if I'm honest, and I feel like I'm dabbling in it at best and, and really trying to understand how does this work? Like, I want to, I, I want to regard him. I want to honor him. I, I want to, I, I want to understand his worth. And, and so that in different moments, especially if I'm outside, God will be drawing my attention to different things. And, and one of them, and this sounds probably so meaningless, but it is doing something in me. He'll ask me, Angie, do you think I'm hotter than the sun? While I'm outside and the sun is beating down, heating up my skin, you know, it, it, you know, I love being outside in, in the, the heat. I love it. And um, and and I'm going, I don't know the answer to that, but obviously you're hotter. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll be sitting next to the daisies and the lilies that that are, are growing up all around me. And he'll be asking me, Angie, do, do you know what my favorite flower is? And he's provoking memory in me. Like, remember, don't get so caught up in, in just this, in just the fear of the Lord. Remember what it's like to be intimate with me, to, to know me, to, to, to care about these little things that I'm invested in because I care for the flowers, you know, like the flowers are important to me. And I know what he's doing in these moments. I can feel him attempting to soften me <laughs> and I'm going, but God, I'm holding a line, you know? <laughs> and, and it feels so messy to me to have him wanting to mingle the two together because of my compartmentalized living. And, and intimacy is something that I, I'm familiar with. It's, it, is, it is the first love space for me where I, I was introduced to, to intimacy first off and, and, and just being able to sit with him for hours and dote on him and be doted on it. You know, it was just that, that two-way street of receiving it and giving and, and just the, the beauty of it. And you can tell where I'm caught up right now. And, and he's going, Angie, I want to create a collision of the two. Like, get them out of your boxes and let them 
flow together freely. And what he was explaining to me was that that right now I have you positioned to have both of them colliding together so that you can feel the force that is creating created when intimacy and the fear of the Lord come together. And then he just simply said, Angie, the fear of the Lord without intimacy is nothing more than legalism. And you can see how quickly we can get caught up in into being legalistic about things. Shoot, I have felt myself going there over the last few weeks where it's like, ah, danger, danger, danger. And, and, and like, God, help me understand this. And he knows that we're toddling in this. He knows that we don't really know how to take the first step off that line of scrimmage, right? And um, and so what he was telling me on the backside of all of this this morning was to understand the difference in John the Beloved, where at one moment he's wanting to call down fire on a people. This is him functioning in, in that fear of the Lord. I know who you are. I know what you've done. Right. Like he's looking back and remembering the stories of old. He's like, let's just call down fire and let's do away with the whole lot of them. And then shortly after that, he's described as the one who lays his head on the chest of the Lord. So you can see the difference in, in this one man's life of how there was that collision of I know who you are. I know what you're capable of right? Like you're the one who allows us to call down fire. And then there's intimacy. And, and and then you can look beyond that moment and see what it was that God did with John, the beloved who became John, the revelator, right? So there's like deep, deep, powerful revelation that is involved when we have that collision of the fear of the Lord and intimacy. And I believe that this is what God is wanting to raise the next generation up. And this will be what the next generation of disciples look like. They will be those who can carry, who hold in both hands intimacy and the fear of the Lord. And they are not afraid to have the two mingle together to experience the full measure of the glory of the Lord. Angie, you know, as you're talking about that, my mind is going back to uh, my children and my boys are right behind each other. And in middle school, my oldest start playing football first. And so, you know, the coach would be yelling at, at my oldest out there on the field. And, and then the one behind him, he didn't play football to the next year. But the first time he saw that, he was like, oh, there he He's yelling at Gabriel. You know, he didn't, my son did not like to be yelled at. And so Jonathan and I explained to him, oh, that's what he's supposed to do. <laughs> that's his job, you know. And I was thinking about, uh, and also they, they had they had this young guy who was a coach. And you know how it is watching middle schoolers play football. They're all over the place. They're running in the wrong directions and the coach would get frustrated and he'd go hit somebody you know, <laughs> just scream, hit somebody anybody you know? and so I was thinking about how coach even in professional football the coach the same person that gives you the pep talk and tells you what's in you and pours water on your head and massages your shoulders 
is the same person who at other times says, for God's sake, hit somebody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think Vince can uh, attest to this. I think in our feminine nature, we don't understand this as well as men because my son has a friend that he met during the same time and they've remained best friends all these years. And they became friends after they had a physical fight. You know, after I fight with you, I really don't want to be your friend. <laughs> but I think men more understand that that tension between uh, violence and intimacy like women, we don't. But it's exactly what you're describing, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. between the fear of the Lord and the intimacy. Right. Well, and the uh, the other thing that God was showing me is that it, when the fear of the Lord is absent of intimacy, you end up creating impotency in one or the other of the genders, depending mm. on who it is that's leading the thing. Wow. And you that's can see good. that that has happened throughout time where, you know, women were silenced for so long in the church. And I feel like we have swung so opposite in the other direction that now we have just like so overemphasized the power of the woman that now you don't even have a father's voice in the midst. And because there has been, and, and there has been damage. I'm not trying to, to, to cover that up. There has been damage done, but we have got to stop overcorrecting everything that we don't need to veer off into the the opposite side of the spectrum. Let's like, let's, let's stick in that narrow place where everyone gets to be empowered because we need both the voice of a mother and the voice of a father. And you know, what's really interesting to me is God is regarded as a mother, a father and a husband he is never regarded as a wife and we need to know our place. We are the bride of Christ. He will never be the bride. He will always be the husband. And we need to understand the difference between that. And, and, and I think that there's a beautiful thing in that understanding that he, yes, he is. He plays out both mother and father, but he will only ever be the husband period. And, and within that, you have that beautiful mixture of intimacy and the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Talk about overcorrecting. Just think about it driving a car. When you, What happens when you overcorrect, right? The car winds up doing some crazy things, can flip, roll over yeah. all the things. I mean... This, we are very familiar with what happens when you overcorrect a vehicle. So, and that's the, the, the chaos that, that comes from an overcorrection like you're talking about. Yeah. It's never a good thing. So, uh, Pepper, you're talking about um, uh, fighting with one another and, and still remaining friends. And uh, there, there uh, uh, men, you know, we can punch each other and still be friends afterwards, you know, fight each other and still be friends afterwards. Um, But when you fight with someone, not against someone, Mm -hmm. there is, there is an even deeper connection there that comes from fighting alongside someone. Mm. Um, 
that that really creates an intimacy and a long lasting friendship. Like you're talking about with your son, if they're playing on the same team together, they're fighting mm -hmm. with one another, not against one another. That's yes. Good. You could still be friends afterwards, but, uh, but, but going into a fight with somebody, it just creates a deeper connection. It's, it's different. And, uh, uh, it, it made me think about uh, a unit I was in back in the, the late nineties. It was a reconnaissance unit. And, and we used to really beat on each other a lot and, and call it training. And, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, our, our, our platoon would fight against each other, but then we would fight other platoons together. And uh, the, the difference for all of us though was, is we all had uh, a, a sense of, Yes, we're fighting each other, but we are a group. We are a, a unit, a company together. And if anybody messes with anybody outside of there, you're going to have 72 angry people on top of you really quick. Come on. And so <laughs> that, this, is the, this is the type of position. If everyone is knowing where they're at and, and knowing their position and, and their roles and their responsibilities and everything they carry, and how powerful are we coming together? In in that oneness in that unity, and and you can even look at war movies uh, um, to to see this sense of camaraderie of fighting with each other uh, and not against each other. Uh, um, it, I was also thinking about Band of Brothers. There's uh, one episode in there where they are holding a line, and and they have to hold this line, and they are a light infantry unit, which means they are uh, guys in foxholes with rifles. And there is a, a, an armor unit of tanks coming over a hill at them. And, and, and the rest of their battalion on either side of them start, starts to fall apart and starts to retreat. But they hold that line. And they held it long enough for American armor to come in and push that, that German charge back. And so, uh, and you're talking about that, line, that holding that line of conviction. To, to break the back of tolerance, regardless of what we see coming at us, uh, uh, regardless of the things getting stirred up again, it goes back to that belief of who am I, where am I seated and, and what is my starting place? Mm -hmm. If you, if you know that great, but do you believe it? Do you actually believe it to the point where you can stand there in the face of, of what looks like, an overwhelming force coming against you mm -hmm. and still hold that line saying, I will not compromise. I will not compromise what it is that uh, I have been assigned to do. That, that's that, Those are some of the things that are, that are coming to my mind. We, we've got to fight with one another. Uh, uh, yes, we will have disagreements. Yes, we'll have uh, a fence come up, but we're strong enough to, to battle that out, come to uh, uh, the other side of that and, and maintain relationship, maintain oneness and, and, and be bold enough to say, well, this offended me. Can we, can we talk about what's going on? Right. And, and, and see intimacy grow and, and knowing we're doing all of this because of the fear of the Lord, because we don't want to get outside of, of, of that and being compromised. Right. And, and so what you're talking about of, of taking the boxes and kind of pouring them into one new box, uh, 
I, I just think about Legos too. Like you take all the Legos from one <laughs> one set and another and just kind of mix them up and now what? <laughs> right. And for me, it's the difference between the big block Legos and the small. <laughs> They don't even fit They don't seem like they go together for me. And and for him to be like, but this is what I'm doing. Uh, it, it, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is like taking me, it's taking me a little off the line, if you will, because it's like, I need to take a step back and and like really look at this and see how the the two can coexist and should coexist. I mean, you can look throughout church history and and see what's happened. I mean, we we've 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 overcorrected yeah. time and time and time again. So when we're looking and we're saying what's changed since Jesus came and did what he did because we are still looking very much like a Pharisee you know, in some, in some regards. And then in other, it's like, we look like pansies, you know, <laughs> it's like, what line, you know, it's like anything goes, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a mess right now. We, we've got, we, you guys, it is nothing short of just demonic, the things that are going on in our American streets right now. I mean, it is sick when you have people parading around naked, for all of the public to see and we're looking at this and thinking that this is okay somehow some way this is deranged demonic activity i mean we have lost our minds if we yeah. think that this is okay by by any measure this is not okay this is not freedom this is not peace this is not acceptance this is derangement yeah. And and so you can see where we have taken it one direction or the other. And right now we have the battle of both going on, right? We're sitting as the church, we're sitting at the nth degree on each end of the spectrum. And the way is so broad right now, so broad. It's alarming. We've got to bring it back in to this Jesus. Yeah. This is Jesus. And that's not void of love. And that is not void of holiness. There, there is an expectation when following Christ. And it doesn't just look like any old thing. No, it doesn't. I like what you said about taking a step back. Because we can get so zoned in on what we're doing. And I'm going to go back to the foxhole analogy here. You're in your foxhole. You have your set up field of fire. You know what's out in front of you. You know ranges to certain things. So you can quickly engage targets as they come up. But as someone who's leading, if we are taking our role as ambassadors of the kingdom very seriously, we are leaders. And leaders will occasionally have to take a step back. So they're not just focused on their field of fire, but start looking yeah. at, at everybody else's and see do we have overlapping fields of fire? Are, are we covering everywhere that we need to cover? Are we missing one of these gifts that's been given to the church of uh, uh, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist? And are, are is there is there a piece missing? What what component is not there 
that needs to be brought in or that needs to be that's there that just needs to be equipped more. Yeah. And and take it a step back and looking at these things because we're going to miss miss the forest for the trees, you know, as the old saying goes, if we don't occasionally take a step back and say, mm. what what am I looking at here? What's going on? God show me how these two different size blocks are going to fit together. Because right. only only you're going to know how to do that. <laughs> only you can do that. <laughs> right. So I, I think it's important to be able to to take that that time and and step back and look, and and ask Holy Spirit to to highlight what needs to be highlighted, and and then what action needs to be taken up beyond that. Yeah. Now that you have this revelation, what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pepper jumping. Ooh, I love how you describe that. You know, considering what is your field of fire and what is their field of fire. That's really good because in this whole football analogy, the Lord. Was, John is loving, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I scored some points with John, <laughs> but uh, he was talking to me about you know how others are positioned in the game. Everybody's not positioned in the game. There are obviously some people positioned. They're going to take more hits. And that's what they're designed to do. And so they'll be able to do that because God created them. But don't ask me to get on the front line. (laughs) You might be disappointed. (laughs) You might have me bring you some water or something. (laughs) But anyway... Some people are going to be positioned to take harder hits, to run farther, to run faster, to kick the ball, you know, and we talked about the coach, you know, there's going to be, I guess they call them football medics, people that are going to run out in the field when the other one gets injured. There's, uh, there's going to be someone to oversee the hydration to make sure the guys aren't collapsing on the field and there's the right balance between the salt and the potassium and all those things, you know, the Gatorade stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's going to be athletic security, people to make sure things aren't getting out of control and everybody's protected. Um, There's going to be somebody in charge of halftime events to give the teams time to go to the bathroom, rest, rehydrate, you know, get ready for the second half. So I, I really like that. Um, considering what your field of fire is because the point is you're all in it for the same thing you have different positions but you have to respect each other's positions knowing that you're all in it for the love of the game and i like the way that said that's the passion because you have passion for the game and for the win whether you're bringing me a drink of water or whether you're you know wrapping my sprained ankle it all is towards the same outcome. It's all a kingdom assignment that we're trying to accomplish together. So, so I just love that. Uh, but what was it you said, Vince? Um, fighting with, not against each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, and that's so. It's it's so important. So, what is your assignment, right? Like that. That's the big question. What is your? Where are you positioned, and what is your assignment in that space? And um, and, and we have to know. Because nobody else is called to that position except for you. However, we know that God will raise up another to take your place. If you're not going to 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 do your part, if you're yeah. not going to take your seat, mm. 
then God will replace you. God will find somebody else to do it because he will have his way. And, and that's just, that's just the nature of the kingdom. It is not a dog eat dog kingdom. It is not a jostling for a position kingdom. It's an obedience kingdom. Are you doing what God is calling you to do? And, and, you know, we've talked about this, that, you know, we've always said, you know, we'll just do it afraid, do it faithfully, do it obediently. You don't need to, to bring fear into the mix. Just do it. Do what it is that God is calling you to do to the best of your ability, to, to the best of what it is that you're seeing. And I think that we get so caught up in these grandiose visions that we never do a dang thing. We never even make it off the bench. And um, and even in that, I mean, if we're going to talk football this morning, even in those who are not physically in the game, you can tell the ones that are invested in the game that are on the sidelines. They're not sitting down. They're, they are amped up through every motion of the game. Yeah. Play your part well. Nobody else can do your part. I am not called to do your part. I have to fulfill the call on my life. And if you're not going to step into your rightful, rightful position, then we are missing out on an aspect and facet of the Godhead. It is our job to represent, I'm just going to say, to represent the Godhead on the earth. Like we talk so much about pulling the kingdom down, but what we're really doing is representing the Godhead on the earth. We are releasing the glory of the Lord on the earth. That is the call. How are you doing it? Like a mirror. I, and I love what you said about even if like you're on the sidelines, sometimes, you know, you're, you're on the sidelines and you need to be on the sidelines for a little bit. But what are you doing on the sidelines? You know, right. uh, one time a person told me, they said, uh, well, if you're supposed to be a Christian, that's not a Christian. And <laughs> it was one, you know, you have those moments where you have encounters with people and you go away and you think, I wish I'd have said this or I'd have said that, you know, but this was not one of those moments <laughs> because Holy Spirit just came down and I said, well, you know what? I may not be doing everything perfectly, but at least I'm not just standing on the sideline calling on. everybody else's fouls. I'm in the game. Why don't you get in the game? Right. <laughs> Come like, on. Yeah, Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so, you know, we need to stop running from the wrestling. We we can't get away from the wrestling. But how did Jacob become Israel? He wrestled with God. He had to wrestle with God. And, and one of the things that Israel means is ruling with God. So if we want to come into our position as kings and priests and co-seated, not just positionally like Vince said, it's just a place that you talk about but it's not experientially if we want to come into that true positioning with god we have to stop running away from the fear and the wrestling with god yeah you talk about passion jacob's like i'm not letting go i'm not letting go until you bless yes. me yeah that's passion right there that is that is a, a fire deep down that says i i know what i'm doing here and I, I believe there's a blessing and I am not letting go uh, until, <laughs> until that happens. 
that moment is such a redemption of his character flaw. You know, it's like he he usurps, and that's actually what his name means, usurper, which is so ridiculous. And um, but then he does the same thing with the Lord. He's like, Mm-mm, I will get my blessing. <laughs> so this guy is like obstinate, and 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 we should take some lessons from that. And, yeah. And and just be like, no, I know, I know what it is that that you have in store for me, and I'm not letting go. Elisha was the same way. I'm not, I, I, I'm going to be right there next to you because I know. I will get what's mine. I will get what's mine. <laughs> yep. And, and you don't see that model today. We are mamby pamby at best. And, um, you, you know, we need to, we need to be like Mordecai where we're spurring each other on. It's like, Esther. <laughs> You were put there for a reason. Do your job. Well, we've got to stop, uh, uh, Pepper, like you said, running from the the wrestling. Uh, because in, in what you're saying, we don't see that kind of passion anymore because it's hard. Yeah, It doesn't, it doesn't come easy. It's not uh, uh, the instant gratification. It, it, we have such a difficult time as a, a society uh, delaying gratification and, and waiting for what's better. We want something right now. Give it to me now. We're all a bunch of two-year-olds running around screaming for whatever it is that we're after. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not real passion. That's not holding on to God saying, I'm not letting go. However long that takes, I refuse to let go of you. Yes. So good. So good. Got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Got to put the work in. I was listening to um, to Nehemiah yesterday while I was ripping carpet off the stairs. My fingers still hurt. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, it just hit me. You know, we can listen to these stories. We can read these stories. And it's not real until you work beside it. And it's like, my gosh, this this was work. They, their muscles hurt, their bones ached. They, they, they were battling wayward thoughts and, um, and still they held the line. This is the same time fighting their enemies. While (laughs) fighting their enemies. Yep. A weapon in one hand and a tool in the other to work. Yeah. Who we are, we're capable of far more than we um, want to be responsible for. I'll say. <laughs> That's a good way of saying it too. So, last words. Find find that passion that that um, that demonstrates belief when you go out and do something. Find that that passionate faith to do it in. Don't just talk. Don't just know. Yeah. Pepper? I think Vince said it all, but I won't touch it. Same. Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to hold the line. We thank you for the call to hold the line. And right now, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would refresh our memory of what it is that you've called us to, and that we would return to that place, and that we would stand strong, and we would be firm, and our mind would be made up 
that we are going to do the work of the Lord. And God, we are going to allow the two things to collide, the fear of the Lord and intimacy. And and we know, God, that, that this is what you're calling us into, into the power of holiness in this age. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Um, quick announcement. And I know I haven't said anything to you guys, but next week we will not be live at all. Not at all. We're going to take the whole week to just rest in the Lord, preparing for the conference on Friday. So we will see you after that. But I will be on on Friday. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs>